when my experience, it's by far the best way to grow small businesses and especially businesses at scale. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Kurt Euler. Kurt, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. And uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into some of what you've been doing. A lot of pretty cool stuff. So Kurt is a globally recognized marketer, operator, speaker. Uh, he's built and run businesses from startup to over 500 million in revenue. So we've got somebody who's who's got some business uh, experiences, who's done a lot of building. Um, teams across six continents, been a part of uh, a team leading an IPO, uh, participated in dozens of acquisitions. So got a lot of experience. So excited, excited to really have you on. Uh, I could keep talking and tell and give you, you know, give our listeners all the accolades and you know everything there, but I think it's way more exciting when you do it. So why don't you tell our listeners a bit more about you know, your background, what you've done and what you're currently focused on today. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I've done a lot, but thankfully just because I've had a lot of good mentors and good teams. And so for me, like people always ask, like, what do you, what do you do? I, I'm an operator at heart. That's what it is. Um, I've been, I've worked in, you know, a dozen plus industries, um, help grow companies, invested in companies, advise those. And it really all comes down to, um, for me, like it's operations and process and people. And so I started my first, I had to start two LLCs when I was 14, because when you earn enough, you have to file taxes. And I was employing, <laughs> I started employing people. Um, but it's been a crazy ride from then. Um, I've been in technology for the last 15 years now, high growth technology companies, started some of the first marketing um, channels that we all use, social media management, scheduling on social media. You think about how old Facebook pages are. We helped Facebook build their APIs back in the day, um, influencer marketing. And, and for the last like, Five years now, I've been focused really in real estate, um, and so everything from residential to a lot of uh, um, a lot of agents go into um, investing as well, or they're helping investors. And so I've been, been able to see this point probably two hundred thousand like agent and investor websites behind the scenes, and the CRMs for those that shows who's being successful and who's not. Hmm. So how exactly are you like what What are you doing to help? them i i'm and i'm asking this question because i'm like completely naive i don't mm -hmm. really know well on the on for for resident for on the residential uh real estate side um how people actually you go search for a home we think about most people go to zillow and search for that um how the data actually gets there is through something called an idx and so um that co the company i work for showcase idx builds actually the only idx the only home search that consumers consistently use over zillow and so for an individual agent, whether you're a part-time Keller Williams agent or a full-time Remax agent, uh, if you're wanting your own website, uh, you have to have an IDX actually to, to provide, to suck in that data from your local uh, multiple listing service and actually put all the tools that a consumer would use to, to build that. Um, a lot of cases are the same thing for investors, where uh, if, you're, if you're helping source investors or helping buy houses, you still want that type of home search on your site because- whether you're 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 an investor or you're an or you're a residential agent, if a consumer is going to Zillow, what you know when they're using those big portals, 
is that a competitive agent is going to be in the mix calling your client as opposed to keeping them on your site where you get to cultivate them, hopefully protect their information, but but work through that process and in a better way for both of you. Interesting. Interesting. So my business is uh, you know, kind of kind of one of the main things we do is raise capital yeah. uh, for our multifamily and commercial investments. And so how how would you utilize a website in that case? I can't publicly advertise. Right. Um, you know, so it's all, it's all kind of word of mouth and private and, you know, it could come from my podcast, of course, and stuff like right. that, but I can't publicly say, Hey, we got a deal. Come invest with us. Yeah. For, for you all, like um, most of the cases there, I wouldn't say you need an IDX in your site, but you do need that site. I mean, I think whether you're uh, um, whether you're sourcing deals um, or uh, it's different than when you're sourcing capital, but when you're sourcing deals, you're often wanting people that are, that are selling properties often when somebody's buying and, but either way. And so in that case, you need an IDX. I wouldn't advise you to, to, to put an IDX or, or search in your site. Cause you can put a multifamily search in your site, but that's not, that's not your core business, but, but having that site, the way that you do now, it's the same thing for somebody that's sourcing deals as a, you know, for that, that's flipping houses or flipping multifamilies is, yeah. That, you know, they, most people, what I find that they don't have is they actually don't have a website and that's, that's a failing for them. Cause I mentioned as like, if somebody, if they are needing, if they are using on more of the residential side, then somebody's using Zillow, that's a problem. But, but even if you're sourcing deals or, you know, sourcing capital, people are vetting you. I mean, I, I have a friend here in Atlanta that he's putting together, he's cobbling together uh capital and he's buying uh usually single family homes, but he's sourcing capital himself. He doesn't have a website. He's great at what he does, but he he put an easy ten to fifty x on his business in the next two years if he had a site that passed vetting for people, showed late, showed some of the past success stories of people as well. And he just he's like, well, this works for me. I'm glad it works for you, but I'd rather it work for you with a ten x your current you know yeah, net worth. Yeah. yeah, it could could be just a lot easier working for you. I actually had. Uh, an investor, I'm glad it was fairly early on, but um, he's like, I can't invest with you guys. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Why not? He's like, you have no online presence. Right. And I just laughed. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But then as I thought more about it, I'm like, yeah, this guy, I'm trying to get a guy to give me a hundred grand to right. invest in a deal. He has to vet me. How can he vet me? Well, right. one way and probably a good way is how do you show up online? You know, what, what's your presence there? Because if you have no reputation, you have no reputation to keep. So why does it matter to you? Yeah. And that, and that website and having a, having a website, which, I mean, you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on a website or you can get your 14 year old daughter to build one for you too. <laughs> it's amazing how many people like, you know, that they don't realize like you probably have somebody in your family that can help you with that. But, um, but the, you know, no matter whether you're sourcing capital or something else, it's like, hey, you could be great on TikTok for having a huge audience of, of investors that are getting to know you. But what happens when they change their algorithm? What happens when Facebook changes their algorithm? If you don't have that that hub that you're able to focus any of your efforts back to, well, you're at the mercy of somebody just literally re changing an algorithm tomorrow and your source of leads or, or and or your connection for getting your message out is gone. And so um, I think that's one of the things that holds back almost everybody, whether you're sourcing capital, you're sourcing deals, 
uh, or you're selling, you know, residential or commercial real estate. It's not having, it's not just even a brokerage site, but it's having your own site. If, 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 if that, you know, if you're your individual agent or individual investor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into to building, you know, this, your, your companies. I mean, you've done, you've done quite a bit and, um, you know, you've built successful companies and I think so many people want to know how, and, and, you know, like I said before the show, yeah, this is mostly multifamily and commercial real estate investors that are listening. You know, there's, there's definitely business owners and other people listening, but um, everybody wants to know, like, how do I grow this business? How do I, how do I do what you did? So what are, what are some of the things that you did that you really think helped uh, that growth happen in your businesses? Uh, I'd say a lot of it is I, ha I, ha I've always had, I've always done things to have mentors around me and often peers around me. Mm -hmm. um, some cases peers in the same industry, but very often it's people that are similar stage companies, similar growth company, maybe a little bit further ahead, but in, in, in non-competitive industries where we're getting together eight or 10 of us um, at least once a month to kind of walk through here's what's the problem with my business or here's where I'm trying to grow and letting, giving those people permission to hold me accountable before, Hey, you said these two things were the most important and we've now met two months in a row and you've made zero progress on those because you're doing busy work. Because I, I find my personal brain is, is it, the best thing it does is lie to me about what I should be doing and what tr ground truth is. And so in, in the short term, in the long term, I can look back and, and kind of personally ridicule myself. But 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 in the short term, I can tell myself that when I grab a stack of index cards or my look at Trello that, hey, I'm going to go do this because it makes me feel good as opposed to that's not what I should be doing today. Um, I mean, so many business operators, people that are sourcing capital investors, I can't tell you how many times. Um, if they're doing any online marketing, when I go dig into where they spent their hours when things were were not going well, it was doing the like a stupid single thing, like redesigning a logo, like because they think that's going to change their business or something, but it made them feel good. And I'm like, yeah, that that's meaningless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's <clears throat> like you said, though, it's so easy to get caught up in that stuff because it's just it's busy work, but busy work is easy to feel like you're achieving something because you're there, there's always something that you're doing. So you're constantly doing the busy work. I think that's, that's where it gets to be the trap where a lot of the, the real growth in your company doesn't happen. It, it's this like slow process. It's sometimes takes a long time to get kind of that train moving too. It's not like you're getting results immediately right. when you're truly doing something valuable for your business. So it's, it's easy to go, oh, I'll push that off or, yeah. you know, just, or just ignore it because it doesn't feel like you're achieving anything at that specific period of time. Yeah. Or when you're early on there too, um, people, they're trying to do things to automate for like, Hey, how do I, you know, if I, if I'm, if, you know, I'm early on in raising capital, they're trying to figure out how do they work with a CRM of five, 500 or 5,000 contacts when they only have five. And so when you have five or 15 or 50, well, you can do things that are unscalable with those relationships that you couldn't do when you have 500 kind of investor connections that you're talking with. And so I, I think too often when people are getting started and they're trying to get that train moving, they don't give them their self, they don't give themselves permission to do unscalable things when that's the right time to get through that inflection point of their business. 
Um, I mean, that happens as well when I'm later on in businesses as well, where often like what my job is, is to usually take things off of my plate. And so um, when I can hand things off to other people on my team and we're kind of hitting a plateau, I can go in there or maybe, you know, work with somebody else on my team and we can do unscalable stuff to figure out if it works. Then when it does hand that off, but, but, but early on, like, Hey, you can do very unscalable stuff and that's completely okay to do. Hey, you're trying to reach your first, you know, source, source the capital for your first deal. Hell, you should be making, you should be not sending emails. You should be doing phone calls, doing personal videos. You're sending somebody an email, things that you couldn't do when you have 500 people you're trying to source through. Um, actually reaching out and working in a way so that, hey, I'm trying to now source from new people. Well, on average, if you're working a network, whether it's in virtual connections or especially in person, you should be averaging two new introductions from every conversation you have with a potential mm -hmm. investor. I've helped a lot of companies raise money, like hundreds of millions of dollars. We took a company public as well. Now, public's different, but it's like, hey, when I'm sitting down sourcing uh, sourcing deals, it, even if I'm talking to people that that aren't don't write checks themselves, I, on average, I should be averaging at least two introductions from every meeting. And very quickly, you get a place where you're. I'm having to then say, hey, Todd, I, that, that, those people sound like great, but you know, can you introduce me to Susie? Susie sounds like the best person right now. And I'll follow back up with you on these other four when, when, when it's a better time. Like that's a, that's a place you should get to very quickly. Um, and it's doing unscalable things, but then having systems to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that getting these introductions from every all, all these meetings you know so and I, it's it's so simple I, I actually don't do that when and i raise a lot of capital so shame on me for not doing that but oh my gosh you should work back through everybody that you have right now yeah it's, it's especially those that have raised capital from you because when somebody it, and there's different levels of introduction so you also want to make it easy on that person think about it if if i if i tell you hey just go talk to bob and you call bob well that's very light he's he might say okay kurt actually introduced you it's and if i send an email okay that's a little bit lighter if i actually pick up the phone call and call him and that's different if i say hey and I call Bob and say, hey, I have this guy, Todd. I've invested in some money with him. Can we grab lunch? I, I just want you to meet him. Maybe something makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. Either way, you just need to talk with him. That's the strongest introduction. And so you're not always going to get that from people. But even if you step down and go, well, would you just would you just call this person for me? Give them a ghost script. Get you know, If you want an email introduction, hey, you're always going to be able to introduce yourself better than I am. Um, even if we've worked together on a past deal before. And so, but you, you don't want to like make it feel like you're get, you're giving me something I have to use. You want to make it simple with those things. It says, hey, you're busy, Kurt. I know you asked me, you used to ask for an introduction or I asked you for an introduction. Can I just send you some, some, some sample wording? If it works for you, use it. If you want to bastardize it, change it, not throw it away and do something else. But for that introduction, you, you know, can I just make it easier on you? It's more likely you'll actually get the introduction <laughs> and you're going to get introduced better. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Hey, you know, so it's for sometimes I just, you know, sometimes it's just, I forget to do it, but uh, you know, it's probably really underlying. Like, I just don't want to bother somebody with that introduction, you know, ask, asking, asking, I don't want to ask. Right. Um, how do you, is there like anything you just get, get over it or what's your advice for somebody who's like, ah, you know, I hate to ask for a favor. A little of, I'd say a little of get over it, but, um, but more than that, I'm never, I, I never ask for anything unless I feel like I've given way more value before. Mm -hmm. And so if you've helped, if, if, if I've invested with you, you've helped me make some money. 
hey, I already owe you for that right there. Um, but but it's not, it's more than that. It, it, it's also in the follow through then later is, hey, we all want to feel good. We all want to feel like we've helped other people. Most people do. And so I make sure that I very much track, hey, Todd introduced me to Susie. So when I meet with Susie and it goes well, well, I follow back up with you. But I also track that second, third, fourth, fifth level introductions as well. And I tell you what, I, if somebody creates a CRM, I'll pay you for it. I have to track those introductions literally in a Google sheet because I know of nothing else that lets me track that. Todd introduces me to Susie. Susie introduces me to three people. That's three more lines because what it allows me to do is say, I met Bob. And then I may go back to you and say, you introduced me to Susie. God, that was started a chain. I met this guy, Bob. I raised hundred K from him actually. And then we made, and then I can follow up later and go, Hey, we actually made money, but thanks to that introduction you did, you're going to feel great from that. And, and, and so if I if I'm doing my job and follow ups, then uh, hope, hopefully I've added value beforehand. But I've, I'm doing up and follow ups. God, that could have been six months or two years down the line. You yeah. get an email from me or a phone call. I think first of all, we've reconnected, especially within that chain. We haven't actually right. done a deal, but you just put a smile on my face based on something that I actually didn't do anything. Who did the work? You did following up with all those connections. But you remind you you gave me the credit for starting that process. And man, that's helpful as well. Yeah, for sure. And and that might lead to more introductions. It uh, you know, might lead to, well, it's like you said, it's another reach out to them. And so yeah. maybe they haven't invested in your deal and, and right. it's just another reach out point, right? Yeah. Another time to connect. And it always, you can follow up on things that's not just where it's been benefit to you. Hey, you introduced me to the, the, this line and three people down. What I found out was she was looking for a new role. She's the out of place CFO. Yeah. And I happened to know somebody that was looking exactly for her, started that introduction. She got hired. Yeah. Like, yep. like the, the, there's so many things where if you're looking for, if you're looking to help serve people. And so that's, I don't feel nearly as bad asking you for something. No, especially when you believe that I'm a servant leader, that that's who I am and show up as, um, then you know that you're introducing me to people that, yeah, I might ask them for money if I'm raising capital, but I'm also looking for who I can help. I'm net weaving, not networking. I'm looking for ways that I can go and help people. So then I can follow up back up with my chains throughout there, not just when it's benefited me, but when it's benefited something else, somebody else. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So powerful, man. It's just uh, getting those introductions and introductions are just, just so much more powerful. Like you said, I mean, you could just cold call, you know, or soft call, whatever, uh, Bob that somebody, Hey, I know this guy, you should reach out to him. But if they actually made that introduction, it's just so much more powerful. And, and Absolutely. I mean, I've had, I've had some introductions where it's like, Hey, you know, if, if John invests with you, I'm investing with you. Right. Like, that's it. I don't need to, I don't need anything more. Like, let's just have right. a conversation and talk, but I'm already ready because yep. I trust my friend so much. Yeah. I mean, th th those are great. And I mean, but I, I also then like, first of all, I will always take the money at that point. If, it, if I've trusted the, if, if you were usually, if you're okay with the first person you're getting that, that's investing with you, you're okay with their friend. Cause we uh, birds of a feather tend to flock together, yep. but I'm still then after that deal, that, that deal sign, I'm still going to make sure I'd follow up time to, Hey, see, Hey, you invested just because you know, my friend, Charlie, Hey, can let can I just find out what else is going on? I'm going to make you money, but is there anything else that's going on with you? Yeah. Um, and it's hard. I mean, it 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 takes effort, but when it's done, 
it's also so personally gratifying to know, hey, I can look back and say, I mean, it's so often just introductions that happen as well. I've, I've helped so many people because, or I know what so many people's strengths are and where they have problems. I can often make connections just literally making that phone call that it's it's three minutes out of my day and it changes the trajectory of somebody's life or their career. Hey, you're struggling in a relationship with your teenage daughter. I, great. I, I have a friend here in Atlanta that like he actually runs a nonprofit that does nothing but help like teenagers identify their emotions and have conversations. Great. Like that's let, let me introduce you. And so that's a, those are great conversations to be able to make. It's very little effort out of me. Um, but it it just takes a little bit of tracking. And so frankly, it does take, you know, using a CRM most of the time, because otherwise you'll only work on what's top of mind. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You've got to stay. Yeah. If you're just working on what's top of mind, you're, you're missing out big time. So yeah. how do you, um, you know, you talked about, we'll go back to some of this online marketing, you know, you, you said so many people are wasting their time on a lot of times. And if you track that, they're, you know, not really having the highest and best use, uh, you know, let's talk about highest and best use and how do you, and, and then also with, with online marketing and I guess, you know, maybe influence, um, you know, how do you really set yourself apart too? Yeah. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Um, I mean, uh, a lot of people in our space will listen to people like Grant Cardone and Gary Vaynerchuk and all great people but you're not them. Don't try to be that. Be who you are um, I, and, and, and tell authentic stories. And so uh, an example I, I often give is um, I have a friend here in Roswell, Georgia named Alan. Alan is probably like number one or number two for like being, you know, as mortgage brokers, perhaps even in the state. Alan does these videos on Facebook and some other channels, um, but that like you don't even realize that like you're 11 minutes or 15 minutes into watching them sometimes. And mm -hmm. so like, he'll take like, you know, never share his personal information, but like, you know, he took out his phone once this was years ago. Um, and he literally just told a story that, you know, he was helping somebody buy a new house and they, they, they were an angel investor like I am. And they had written a 50,000 or a hundred thousand dollar check to something to a medical marijuana company, which was legal to do. But he wasn't able to, he, he was having difficulties with all the standard banks getting them approved for a loan because they'd invested in a drug company. Wow. And so his little thing was just like, hey, would you have ever thought for those of you that do write checks that depending on where you write that 50K check could impact where you could borrow money from in the future? And, uh, and, and that, no, I had never thought of that. And, uh, and so, but he, so one, it did remind me that he's a mortgage broker and that's what he helps people with, but he was telling it in a story in an interesting way. Um, another story he gave was he was helping somebody where they were buying a house and he was like, so where have you lived for the last, you know, like three years, five years. And, um, the guy's like, well, I've, I, you know, basically until like six months ago, I, here's my address. I was in prison. And so somebody who'd had a job at that point working through and, my buddy's telling the story like I got he got introduced from somebody else and he's like I'm gonna find help this guy get get a mortgage but not only was he sharing a story of hey it's difficult for people often getting back on you know back on their feet and re reintroducing themselves to life he teared up when he's telling the story yeah and I'm like and he didn't cut it like yeah. this was an offline video that he filmed is probably 15 minutes later I can't tell you how many people watch that video and it was literally like I don't know how I'm going to help this person, but I will get them a mortgage. And like, what do, what would you do if you're in their shoes? 
wow, like great because it was in the story in his business and also tells me exactly who he is from an influence perspective. So yeah, stories. And and he didn't have to plan it. He came out of that meeting, he walked outside and filmed the video. And just yeah, that's that's the beautiful thing about stories, right? Is is they're so influential, yet you don't have to like write this big script as long as you can tell a story and, and you can get good and better at telling stories, but as long as you can tell a story, be authentic, like you said, and man, I mean, they're just so powerful. People can, so many people, it's amazing how many people will connect with the, everybody's got the stuff going on in their life. So right. it might not connect with some people, but it's going to connect with, with others. Yeah. You know, well, and so many people there, then they're concerned about like, do I post too much or do I have, you know, you have all these p- experts to say you ha- you can't post the same thing on every network. And I'm like, bullshit. You can't like, you can't, like, you know, I, I would love to have the resources to be able to do a different Pinterest version and a different YouTube version, a different TikTok version. But, but would you rather have like the best and maybe, and you're going to give up because it's so much work, or would you rather just push the same content to the networks that you're using already? Don't try to go do something you're not, but it's like when, when you're at a place in your business that you could customize content for all these networks, do it until then push the same stuff out everywhere. It's okay to do. Um, and, And to some degree too, you can repeat the same stuff as well. So, I mean, one of the, you know, it sucks that most of these algorithms only show your content to a small sliver of your audience. The good news is when you repost something and it's only been shown to 0.5 of 1% of your audience and you repost it 20 times, there's probably very little overlap a lot of times. Do you repost it? Like, cause you get these, you know, let's say in Facebook, you get this like, Hey, you re- you posted this like a year ago or two years ago or whatever. Do you just repost it or do you like, complete a brand new post with that same information. I usually would do a completely new post with the same information. So it's going to look like an authentic one. Very seldom will I just like reshare that old post. Um, I'm usually going to just repost it new. And if somebody happens to comment like, Hey, you posted this a year ago. I, I mean, yeah, I did still very valuable to people. Look at the seven people that have liked it already. Um, You know, keep watching for, you know, I I have new stuff mixed in as well. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's like, it, I just always fo- try to follow, be kind to people. Cause if somebody does call you out for having posted it a year ago, God, what is going on in their life that they're, that, that that's negative enough. That's impacting them enough that they took 30 seconds out of their life to make, leave a <laughs> negative comment like that. Now that I've had a lot, I have hate comments at some time, but it's like, my heart just hurts for them at that point. And so I usually just try to respond with empathy. It's like, so Dude, I'm glad you're following me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so glad you love my content and, yeah. and are looking at it again. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, that's just, I mean, I mean that's, people often get scared. They're like, they ah, like it holds them back. I don't want to send this newsletter out to the, to, to, you know, to, to my personal friends, to my audience or um, past investors. Okay. You might get some haters, let them fall by the wayside or love them for where they're at. Something may be going on. Gosh, you respond out of kindness to some to somebody. Heck, some, you may send something out to somebody who's written you a hundred thousand dollar check before and get flamed for it at some point. Something's going on with them at that point. And by responding kindly, you're more likely to actually find out what it is and then either just kind of feel for them or you might be able to help them. Yep. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. It's maybe easy to get caught up in a, a negative comment and want to fire back at them with a, a little bit of um, negativity as well, but that's not going to do anybody any good. 
especially no. hiding behind the social media screen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and I mean, I mean, I get those emotions, but sometimes I have to walk away. I mean, you just want to, you just yeah. want to pick up the axe and like go to town on it virtually, and it's like, well, that that doesn't work. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it does. People do it, and there are places to push back on legitimate, uh, legitimate, um, you know, you know, false criticism, but um, but I mean, you can still respond back. You know, there's truth and there's love, and they should yeah. come together because if you do either of them separate. It's, it's, it's not good for anybody in the relationship. Hmm. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's in any relationship, right? There's truth and there's love and they need to, they need to be together. That that goes for your marriage and for, oh, yeah. for everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really good. Um, Is there like a, is there a social media, you know, is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it, is it uh, LinkedIn? Is it, you know, I don't know, you name it. Is there, is there a spot you should really be focusing on right now? Is there the, the thing that everybody should be on? I'm, it depends from my main, my main thought is you should be on the networks that you are on normally. Now there's nothing, once you're posting consistently on the social networks that you're on, um, in really like hey, if, if you're if you're raising capital you're going to post on facebook in a different way when you're trying to trigger that audience than you would when you're posting on linkedin because people are tend to be a little more social on there but it's still a great network but i i just kind of give the example of like hey i have an account on tiktok i've never posted on tiktok i probably will at some point because my audience keeps growing but so it would be a change of my behavior for me to actually pick up TikTok, dis- despite how big the opportunity is on there, and actually start posting content on it. But I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. My wife, on the other hand, is on TikTok, but she's not on Instagram or Facebook. So the same thing works the other way. Like I, so since I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, well, that's where I should be participating in those communities because it's part of my daily behavior and it's more likely to be consistent. My wife, on the other hand, if I told her she needed to post on Twitter or Facebook, she'd be like, I, I think I have to re-download Facebook. But but TikTok wouldn't be a big deal for her from a marketing perspective. Um, and so until you hit consistency and consistency meaning, you know, you know, m- once or multiple times a day for like the last six months, hey, you you stay where you are at already and participating there. Yeah, that's, that's good. So you're saying one or more times a day, you should be posting on whatever platform it is. You should be consistent with it. You should be posting or, or at least, you know, maybe, you know, at least interacting with others. So, um, you know, it's not just posting. It's, it is also interacting as well. I, I re-downloaded just because um, despite all the hubbub on, uh, online with like the Elon Musk buying Twitter, there's a huge regrowth and resurgence in Twitter right now. So I re-logged into a Tweepy account that helps you identify content to engage in. And I literally have my calendar for five minutes a day just to go and and, and it gives me suggested posts um, to, to engage in. And, and I'm just doing that again. What did you call it? A, a- Tweepy? Tweepy. T-W-E-E-P-I. Um, huh. Yeah. T-W-E-E-P-I.com. Uh, it, it's it's relatively cheap. It helps you. It easily tells you who uh, who you're following that hasn't it hasn't been online in how, you know months or years who's not engaged. And so you can unfollow those people or say, hey, I, I'm looking for I, I 
here's, I'd like these accounts that also raise capital for multifamily homes. And it will give you suggested content uh, that you should engage in. Interesting. That's interesting. Tweepy. That's cool. Yeah, it's a little buggy. Sometimes it goes down. It actually had a service unavailable, but but it's been around for like seven years. I think there's like two people. It's a part-time gig for them. And it's well worth, uh, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks a month or something. Cool. Cool. Good, good resource. Um, <clears throat> so you you're into high achieving servant leadership. Let's, let's talk about that. What, what is, you know, what is it and why do you think it's a great way for businesses to scale? Yeah. The, um, so, I mean, a, a lot of people have heard of servant leadership and they kind of approach that. So, I mean, instead of being like the hierarchical boss, um, where it's like, Hey, why should you do what I say? It's more, much more out of authority. Um, from a servant perspective, I I'm, I'm always looking at how do I serve my customers, serve my team, um, and, and approach things from a servant perspective, but, but almost all of the books that are out there are articles that are written. They, they tend to just take approach it as you should do this because it's being a good person or they'll approach it from a, from a faith perspective. And so I see a lot of Jewish writers, a lot of Christian writers, some Muslim writers writing about it. And, and that's all great reasons to get started. But at the end of the day, as a business person, I need to make money. I'm wanting to make money. And so like, you know, there, there's just a couple of books, like there's a book called Love Works by Joel Mamby. Uh, he used to be the president of Saab that grew Saab through this huge thing. And then he grew a, grew a, uh, a family company from about 300 million to about 600 million a year in revenue. Wow. Um, and so his book was literally walking through in his in that case, first Corinthians chapter 13, defining what love is. It's in most marriages uh, in the, like the U S and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great on the marriage thing. What if this is how you approached um, approach working with your customers? And he goes, I mean, working with your clients, working mm -hmm. with your employees. And he was like, I can tell you, this is how I grew Saab. This is how we grew Hirsch and Family Entertainment. That even when we had to let people go, they still felt good and they showed up for work and did their hardest because we treated them in this servant way. And so that's what kind of combining tr true high achieving growth perspective with that servant leadership attitude, not just because I believe personally, it's the right way to treat people, but it's also, when my experience, it's by far the best way to grow small businesses and especially businesses at scale. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you can do business many different ways, um, but it's all about getting the people that your customers is getting your employees. It's it's about getting everybody to buy into yeah. that dream, that vision, that whatever you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and I need to be upfront when I'm hiring. Like I hire, I've hired hundreds of salespeople, perhaps thousands at this point, there are salespeople that will just go close a deal to get their commission at, at, at any time. And I don't want those people on my team. Yeah, I've, I found such success by growing so many companies where, Hey, if I'm, if I'm on your board, I may be making calls for you at times as well. And so they, as part of that, like, I have no, I want, I want salespeople that will try to sell you Todd. And when, when they realize that you're actually not a good customer for them, not only will they tell you that they might recommend a competitor. They'd say, Hey Todd, this actually isn't the right solution for you. Um, it could be, um, but I don't think this is going to work well. I think you should probably call insert company name. That's the person what I want on my team, because in my experience now I can call up, Hey, somebody gives me a board seat for their company. I can call up and say, Hey, I just joined this board. They're building this marketing technology. Would you try him, Todd? Hey, because of the relationship we've had before, we might've had in the past where I've told you not to give me money, where even in some cases somebody wanted to give me money. And I'm like, this isn't going to work yeah. for you. You'll take that call. 
You, yep. you'll, you'll say, hey, what you're selling right now doesn't work, but let me introduce you to Susie. Susie might be looking for what you're going. And that's the salespeople that I want. That type of response, should you, you want to hire people that have that response because I'm in the, I'm in business, not just to make money and grow businesses today. I'm growing businesses for the next decade. And, and, and even if I'm in a different business, I, you know, great. You're going to work with me. You're not working necessarily with a brand that I'm at at any one time. And so how do I do, we do that? I want to make sure that you're willing to take my call in 20 years. Yeah. It comes around, right. And how, how you're acting today is reflective of who you're becoming and, you know, what people think about you. And so I, I, I know, and I can't think of an example right now, but I know there's been companies that have done that for, for me where they're like, Hey, why don't you go over here? They can serve you better. And those are the companies that you're like, first of all, you leave and you're just like, wow, that was awesome. I'm super thankful for them. Uh, But you want to do them a favor in the future. Right. Yeah. You, you want to send people to them because you're like, wow, they were super good to me and yeah. I want to help them grow. So it's just like they make you feel good. You got what you wanted yet. Now you want to give them some business. Right. It, it just, it just comes around and maybe not every time, but it, it, it does. It comes around a hundred percent. So, yeah. And, and, and if it doesn't, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing it to, for it to, like, I do believe it's the best way to grow the business, but on, on the, and, and so macro wise, it comes around, but on my inner, inner individual interactions, I'm never expecting it to, yeah. come, to come around from that person. Right. And so, um, but you're right. I mean, I want to work with people. I mean, years ago I was starting a company. It's actually what, not what I prefer doing. I'm, I'm a scaler. I'm that operator. That's going to take something that's got good product market fit and add two zeros to the end of the, uh, the revenue. But, um, I was starting a company. Well, a lot of times when you're starting to hire employees, um, you save money by using PEO that uh, there's somebody that pays your employees through you does all the unemployment stuff. And, um, I had this salesperson just like hounding me and um, I knew his boss. His boss is a guy named James here in Atlanta. And I, I call him and I was like, look, I'm using you guys when I, you know, but, but if he doesn't stop calling me and annoying me, I, I'm like, I'm we're done. Yeah. And so those calls stopped right away from that salesperson. And I was like, look, and so when I was ready, I also knew at that time, I'm like, then I just thought James, I sent John, James a uh, text, I don't know, nine months later. And I was like, all right. I have enough employees now. I have enough of this issue. Can you get me an offer? And I think I sent him the text at like 7 p.m. Good salesperson too. This responded to a text at 7 p.m. He goes, we'll get you something. Then he had a salesperson actually reach out with an offer that I think I had by maybe midnight. I wasn't expecting it then, but he he pulled back the reins on what was a bloodthirsty salesperson trying to push me into a deal that I wasn't ready for. Um, I just had enough maturity to go, I this isn't a good business choice for me right now. And so James could have lost the business in the long term because you go quiet. If somebody goes quiet, they're not top of mind. Um, but he served me well. And since that time, we've actually now become friends. He's helped me out in other parts of uh, other businesses. He's made introductions for me. None of it does he ever get commissions on. He just, he's he's always approached everything that way. Um, and now he only tends to hire people on sales teams that are the same person as he is. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, Kurt, I got a couple, uh, last questions before we wrap up. What's a mistake that you've made? Um, and how have you learned from it? I didn't realize how I was showing up to people. And so I didn't give permission to people around me, peers, those on my teams 
um, to tell me how I how I showed up, how I appeared to them. Um, and so it actually came out, it came up as an example very before I adopted servant leadership. I had a bunch of bad things happen in my life. And um uh I I had somebody very close to me tell me that I was like, Kurt, you're always an asshole. And it's like, I'm like, what? So I went and asked my mentor. And he was like, well, yeah, you just never would have listened to me if I told you that. I then called my mom. She was like, you've always been an asshole. And I was like, I had no idea how I was showing up. I thought I was a hard driving operator, not realizing that how I was coming across was not the way I wanted to. Interesting. So what do you do now? Are you just asking for, are you just asking like, how am I showing up or what are you, what are you doing? A couple of different ways. So like everybody on my direct team um, now, we take a, a an assessment called Berkman. Um, and it, it actually helps to weigh, weigh you in on that as well. So we have a woman in here in town um, that, that she'll do that for small teams and mid-sized businesses. Um, but it, it kind of, it, in a, a number of different areas, it tells me uh, how you typically show up. It tells me what your stress react, what stresses you in that category, and what your stress reaction tends to be as well. And so everybody in our teams actually get everybody else's assessments on there. And so it gives us, even if you don't agree with how it categorizes you, it gives one everybody common language to be able to to talk about how do you show up. This is how Todd, I'm. Per, this is how you're acting. How I'm feeling that way. And it gives people permit. We then actually give people permission to um to respond back being like look you're pushing me in ways that like you know it's not feeling good to me because we're at the end of the day we're a sports team i mean this is not a family you can't you don't fire your aunt or your uncle or your wife but you yeah. do fire you know that that person on your team if you're the coach that's not helping you guys hit the championship and so you know we have to we use that as a mechanism to allow us to have open conversations yeah. Yeah. I and frankly, I, I over, I go over the top asking my team when at the end of our meetings, what should I have, I have asked you that I didn't, uh, that I didn't, or I actually applied to Paulo yesterday, my team yesterday, he did this great write-up on a business scenario we're having. And it's everything that I needed for us to just go to the next step. So he and I had a pairing session and we just jumped straight into the rest of it. And I didn't even, I think I maybe mentioned this like three page assessment he did with all these calculations. And I realized afterwards, oh my gosh, that probably felt felt to him that I didn't value anything he did when in fact it was very valuable. It allowed, it saved me six hours of work and it allowed us, me and him just to, we, we made the business decision because of that uh, in that 30 minutes. And so I actually followed up afterwards and said, hey, I don't think I, I mentioned how valuable this was to me. I'm sorry for that because I know what that feels like. And I was like, did, did it feel, did it feel like I just kind of dismissed you? And he goes, it did, but now I feel better. So you have to actually have some time to self-reflect as well. Yeah, that's so that's so important to understand that and to allow for criticism and allow people to understand that they can they can tell you. And of course, you know, you got to take each piece of criticism and and really analyze it and think about it. You can't just say, you know, just because one person calls you a jerk doesn't mean that everybody thinks you're a jerk. It just right. might be that one person that had a bad day or that just is like too sensitive for you know, whatever yeah I, but, I take i try to i take everything as input um yeah. especially like reading books hell anybody will write a book nowadays and so it's like <laughs> hey whether it's feedback on me or i'm reading a book from somebody who claims to be an expert that's input and i need to weigh it through the wisdom and the eyes that i have but if i hear it enough from people okay then it starts to become there like but just because you tell me how you know how i'm coming how I'm, I'm showing up or coming across to you I, that's not truth to me that 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 that's how you're feeling in that moment. And it could also be something is going on in your personal life. Something came out from another meeting that you're having. And so I need to need to decide, is that real? Especially if I hear that consistently from you. 
Yep. Yeah. I had a, a employee a while. This was a long time ago, but it's like, you're just, be, you're just so arrogant. And I'm like, huh? Like, what do you mean by that? And it was that I was constantly tr- talking over him. Right. So he would say something and I would be like, yep, this is how it's done. Well, right. yep. He's, you know, like, so, uh, cause I wanted to insert my authority. Right. And so right. I was cons- constantly doing that and undermining his expertise. Right. I'm like, that's, yeah, I'm so glad you told me that because right. otherwise I'm just not going to change. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not seeing that I'm doing that, but now he told me that. And I'm like, you know, and I still do that at times probably, but I try to catch myself and understand, oh yeah, I'm, I'm being arrogant when I just try to assert, insert my authority over people. Right. Yep. Cool, man. Um, all right. So what is a favorite book that you can pass to our listeners? Profit first. Mm-hmm. So um, too many people are focused on growing their business. They some I spoke to a woman last year, uh, seven figures could easily be an eight figure business, but well into seven figures. And I mean, the margin was almost non-existent. And if she got sick, the whole thing would crumble. And literally like, you know, that business, you know, you know, any business like that, when you're focused on profit and taking things out, you can survive the storms and you can make more money at home. And frankly, you'll make better business decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome book. Um, all right. Last question before we wrap, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Um, be uh, say be courageous. Uh, I'll, I, I take controlled risk, so controlled risk is a big thing. Love it. Um, number two, I'm always looking for what the three things that are wrong in my business today that I'm not aware of. Um, and I know that because my history, there's always so many things that I think are right until I realize I'm Wiley Coyote and I'm off the cliff, and I realize I've been doing something completely wrong for the last two years, and. I realized it now and I never realized it was wrong back then. And we all do that. Um, yeah. we, we almost never intentionally do the wrong thing. Um, and uh, I guess kind of supporting that, I always give authority. I always have people around me that have transparency into my life and authority to speak up to me. Love it. Love it. Well, Kurt, look, man, I, I really appreciated this. A lot of good information. We covered a, a spectrum of stuff, right? Uh, we, yeah. we wanted to tech. We wanted to, you know, social media a little bit. We, we talked about growing and scaling a business. Uh, we talked about servant leadership. I mean, yeah. man, we had, we had a, a whole bunch of different stuff here. So that was been uh, really good. Some good resources too for the listeners. How can listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on and reach out? So my website, KurtEuler.com is the best place to, to, to find me and source anything. If they're more interested in uh, high achieving servant leadership, there's some great freak input there, but um, you can find me from there at a link to Instagram, LinkedIn, or anywhere else. Cool. Cool. We'll put that all in the show notes, Kurt. Again, really appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Yeah, thanks. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review. just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really 
need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.